Okay, wrap up the report, kid. We all read the same book. So just tell us how you kill a mockingbird. Then the next kid can go. Welcome to Video High, your B-movie education. This lesson will be about 1993's Bounty Tracker. We've got an amazing sh- class for you. Oh my god, I almost broke kayfabe. <laughs> but first, the roll call. Josh Roth. You know what this movie was missing? Boston accents. Damone is supposed to be the best bounty hunter, tracker, whatever in Boston. So give him the accent to prove it. Imagine how much better it would have been if the whole time Lorenzo Lamas sounded like he was in a Duncan commercial. <laughs> Lamas sounds like a word in a Boston accent already. Lamas. It's, it's him talking about llamas at the petting. L- <laughs> yeah, I went exactly. to go see some llamas. I went to go see some llamas. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy. Cherry Pip. Good sirs, is I hear there's a, some kind of <laughs> podcast going on here that I was hoping to join. Oh, oh sorry. Who I, I asked for Jamie? Who are you? Oh, I'm just I'm just a simple British traveler. Um, Jimothy Poppins here. here. Jimothy Poppins. I just heard there was a podcast. Well, welcome, Jimothy Poppins. Welcome to the class, Greg Hansen. Bounty Tracker is part of a very illustrious string of 90s bounty hunter movies, classics such as Bounty Hunters, Bounty Hunters 2, (laughs) Hardball, (laughs) things like Moving Target, Cold Harvest, Full Impact, Midnight Man, just classics of the genre. (laughs) When we think about bounty hunter movies, we're talking cream of the crop here, folks. So I'm so excited to pick it apart with (laughs) y'all. Does that cream smell off to anyone or is that just... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name's Casey Regan. I'm excited to talk about this movie. I love when a movie has Matthias Hughes in it because I know I'll at least get my daily requirement of meat. (laughs) But uh, before we get into it, it's my absolute pleasure to introduce exchange student for today's class on Bounty Tracker, a hilarious stand-up comedian who you can see share the stage with the likes of Blink-182, Paramore, Turnstile, Code Heat, and Cambria. Ever heard of them? <laughs> this May in Atlantic City for the adjacent music festival. That's right. Class, put your hands together for comedian Neil Rubenstein. Th- thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Casey, thank you. You're welcome. The whole time watching this movie, I was trying to think like what I did to you (laughs) to make you make me watch that whole thing. You didn't have to watch the whole thing. (laughs) We didn't? God. I wish I knew that earlier because it ended and I was like, oh, I missed half of that. And we wound it and watched it again. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, I did that for a couple scenes. <laughs> yeah. Still have no idea how it ends, but I know that I watched it twice, so uh, I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your friends close and your enemies... Podcasting? Podcasting. 
I know you've been through a lot, ma'am, but we need your help IDing the man responsible for the attack on your office. Uh, just remember, none of these men can see you, so think back. Are any of these men the ones who attacked your office? Detective Colombo, it happened so fast. I, I can't be sure. Take your time. Take your time. Oh, the gunfire. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I really can't say. Are you sure, ma'am? Because the description you gave officers on the scene was, uh, uh, let's see, uh, a man approximately seven feet tall with bleached blonde ponytail, weightlifters build, and a Hummel figurine face in a size 64 <laughs> suit jacket. Exact words, a men's warehouse stretch Armstrong. Yes. Well, I'm not supposed to say this, ma'am, but it was actually pretty odd for us to find more than one guy, even a little bit like that. I told you, they just started shooting, but but I remember the leader, he said something. I, I thought they killed everybody and they were destroying our computers and grabbing all the files from the Gildex account. And he asked the other ones, where's Damone? Did you get him? And that was when my boss, Paul Damone, ran from where he was hiding and they chased him out. Who, ma'am? Who? One of these men? Maybe. Maybe number two? Number two. Please step forward and repeat the phrase, Where is Damone? Did you get him? Uh, where's Damone? Did you get him? Ma'am? I'm not sure. Can I hear it from number four? There, there we go. Okay, number four. Step forward. Your turn. Where is Damone? Did you get him? <laughs> I'm still not sure. Really? Uh, what the? Uh, uh, hey, uh, cops behind the glass. Uh, there's some sexy leather lady and, and other interchangeable goons with Uzis in here. Is this a part of the... Oh, hi, Burks. What took you so long? Okay, ma'am. Now, do you recognize any of the people now handing number four the automatic weapons and executing numbers one, two, three, and five? Seems familiar, but I'm not positive. Is there any way they could shoot at us? Mm -hmm. Of course, ma'am. Um, number four, could you please step forward and fire through the double mirror? <laughs> Well, uh, how about, ma'am? It's tough to say. Can the sexy leather lady shoot at us? <laughs> sexy uh, leather lady, please step forward and... I tell you, it's like once you finish killing witnesses for one crime, <laughs> you got to kill the witnesses for the witnesses' killings. <laughs> No, Gauss, you always do this. Just be happy for the work and grateful for every murder is a new opportunity. <laughs> now, let's get out of here, sexy leather lady. Hello? <laughs> Anyone in here? Pit, what? I thought I heard a smashing bit of bother. Stop the fake accent, Damone. They're all dead already. I told you I heard gunshots, Holmes. Ah, uh, you're right. We're too late. Cops are all dead. God, I feel like I'm just walking into rooms full of dead cops these days. <laughs> and that was the last witness to massacre that ended with the death of my brother, my brother's wife, their unborn child, two dogs. <laughs> Not to mention the paralyzed ex-con with the heart of gold who took you and your, uh... Am I saying this right? Pendeos? <laughs> See, 
In that case, Jorge, have we not been following the money laundering trail? I feel like these assassin mercenary essays have made their moves pretty clear. Kill people who know anything about the money laundered by that super rich... Uh, am I saying this right? Cabron? Chill out, Holmes. I get why you would say that, but I've been a bounty tracker for a long time. Stupid to think you'd find perps by following their patterns of behavior. You want to catch a bad guy, you go to where they learn karate. El Dojo. That's why I had to do all the karate for so long. And I kicked so much ass. I had no problem with the karate. Sure. Uh, uh, okay, hombre. Oh, I, I get it. All this is you thinking you do a better job bounty tracking than me? Boston's, although I sound like I'm from New Jersey's greatest bounty tracker. Uh, look, Holmes, all I said was I always heard it called Bounty Hunter. And now you're being all intense. It feels like you're just doubling down. No. No! It's Bounty Tracker. It's always been Bounty Tracker. Only Bounty Tracker. Uh, or maybe Skip Tracer. <laughs> oh, and, and, and Bail Scoop. I like that one. Oh, and Grammy Guard. Not that. I don't like that one so much. Bail Scoop. We're skipping with. We're sticking with Bail Scoop. Grammy <laughs> Guard. That's a Grammy Guard. That's what he does. Yeah, I saw. I saw that on a two a.m. Uh, shopping network infomercial once. Yeah, <laughs> guard. I saw someone who needed a Grammy Guard spill boiling pasta water all over their crotch at two a.m. Oh Jesus! <laughs> also, um, Neil, you. I don't. I don't want to call you out like this, but it's it, it's pronounced doho. <laughs> <laughs> it's a soft J. A soft I had no idea. In the city of Los Angeles, a team of assassins is led by a wanted man. But when the police want someone they can't find... The man is practically invisible. There's only one man for the job. I hunt men for a living, Ralston. And while the law won't allow policemen to kill... My number one priority is to put Luis Harrison away. One man makes it his business. And business is good. Lorenzo Lamas of The Swordsman, Snake Eater, and the hit series Renegade. Matias Hughes from Mission of Justice, Star Trek VI, and Kickboxer 2. And Cindy Pass from Mission of Justice. Bounty Tracker. So, how did we feel about Bounty Tracker? <laughs> I mean... That sketch made that movie so much better. I, I I did need to think of what if all the elements of the movie ever came together, right? That was, what, that was the process I went through I to write that. Could you imagine? What if the emulsion never split? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm getting a sense that you guys weren't weren't big fans of the movie. I can't, I won't say not big fan. It's not like I didn't like it. Unlike Neil did say he did not like it. <laughs> I'm just saying I watched it an hour and a half before we recorded this and still not much of it stuck to me like <laughs> spaghetti on a wall. <laughs> I once sat next to my mother and watched her die of leukemia. 
And I would rather do that again than watch this movie one more time. Greg, how do you feel, Greg? <laughs> well, to be fair, we've never seen Neil's mom die of leukemia, so we don't know how good it is. <laughs> she did a good job, man. Real dramatic. She pulled the mask off at the last minute to say something, and then... Oh, sweet. Yeah, leave him wanting more. Love it. <laughs> she, yeah, she George Costanza. <laughs> I mean, look, there's a certain amount for me. If you put Lorenzo Lamas and Matthias Hughes in a movie, I'm going to like a bit of it. I'm going to like a lot of it. I'm, I'm going to like most of it, <laughs> being perfectly honest. <laughs> but yeah, I like just flip back to the first page of my notes and I feel like the sign that this movie didn't super connect with me is I wrote down like, oh, someone in the credits is named Whip Hubley and then didn't <laughs> feel an interest to check who the fuck Whip Hubley is. <laughs> 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 negatively affects. That doesn't, that doesn't sound the, like the biggest. My biggest takeaway, which I, which I told to Josh, was my like little existential crisis moment I had realizing the purpose of bounty hunters where I'm like the they are ridiculous like they literally exist to function outside the law to do things that cops can't do but then they get paid by the cops something like if they for their bounty directly any cop that just shows up will just hand over 25 grand yeah. to <laughs> that was Lorenzo Lamas the lead yeah I thought it was Chris D'Elia. <laughs> Accepting the existence of Lorenzo Lamas implies the existence of Lorenzo Alpaca. <laughs> no, that was his father, Alpaca. Alpaca. I, I mean, I'm surprised that y'all had such specific reactions to this. Yes, movie. specific is the correct term. Yes, uh, I, I dug this. Uh, it is the most direct-to-video action yes. movie that's ever direct-to-video actioned. I've seen this exact movie like a hundred times. There's so many movies like this with Matthias Hughes specifically. <laughs> I find it hard to believe that anybody has a strong opinion about yeah. it just because it doesn't make a strong statement in any particular direction. Uh, yeah, I'm going to make a strong statement uh, in, in comparing it to Marvel in a certain way. Whoa, I know. Where is this going? Uh, in just much like a Marvel third act, it has that very generic violence feel to it and like nothing sort of special about its fight choreography. So it was the kind of thing where I could it's like terrible. check Twitter for five minutes at a time. And oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to push back on this. I actually think the action is good. It is I the agree. stuff surrounding the action that is not good. The 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 second unit director Michael Tibalt I think deserves uh some some recognition. You shout now uh, second assistant directors on our podcast. No second unit second unit director. Unit director. <laughs> the, people who, the, te the people who usually shoot fight sequences. Right, right. Because th there are some good kickies in this. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's true. At the end of Marvel movie, Marvel movies usually do end with like like a hero and villain with relatively the same powers punching yeah. each other. Right. Yes. We had two guys with equal length hair uh, yes. <laughs> flailing at each other. Equal ponytail strength. I mean, two like pieces of muscle Laffy Taffy. Just <laughs> yeah, right. Swinging at each other. Those Haunches. boys are tall and they be kicking pretty, pretty good at each other. 
I mean, I don't know. I like any time Matias Hughes can just pick up somebody and toss yeah, them yeah, like yeah. a rag doll. <laughs> Pretty fucking cool. There's like fight sequences that happen in transitions. Yes. Like there are scenes that end with somebody getting just like punched <laughs> to go to the next scene. It's like in Mortal Kombat where you punch yes! someone into the next level. <laughs> yes. Or like a boxing glove on a spring came from off screen and like socks them to end yes. the scene. Yeah. Someone Michigan J Frog. Hello, my baby. I feel caught in between the the pickle that is, you know, was the action good? Was it bad? But when people get shot in this movie, it's like they really got shot. Like it wasn't. It didn't feel like just action movie fall over shot. Oh like, yeah, they, they they were impactful. It's kind of brutal. People I think are like people got hurt by those squibs, yeah. and that's saying something about the choreography of the action. You know, regardless of how on par unimpressive some of the kickies were all right <laughs> sorry. <laughs> also we didn't bring you here to yell at you i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> so you made me watch this movie and then you yell at me about it i just i don't know <laughs> can i can i just say that like no one's mentioned how long and boring the opening credits were <laughs> oh my god yeah, oh we'll get point. to that oh yeah 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 classmate that had 15 minutes before her class started to finish an assignment in the library. Let's see how this goes. The movie, Bounty Tracker. The place, Boston. For now, we're in the coolest bar in Boston where all the one criminals hang out. And one in particular who's skipping town in the morning, but much like anyone moving away, wants to have one last night out with his friends where he threatens casual onlookers with a gun. Arriving fashionably late to this get-together is a man in the fakest British accent who could not be more out of place if he tried. But subterfuge doesn't really matter when you're just walking into a public bar. So he moseys his way on over to the bathroom where he sets a fire to clear the place out. But our wanted man sees right through the smoke and a fight commences. After being subdued, the man laments not being read his Miranda rights, but it's a loophole in the justice system because this fake Brit doesn't have to show you no stinking badges. He's a bounty tracker. Johnny Damone, you just got named the finest bounty tracker in Boston and caught yourself a hefty bounty. What are you going to do next? He's going to Los Angeles! Cut to LA in an accounting office. There's a money man who's gotten himself in hot water with bad people. Something something about taking dirty money and accidentally laundering it. His partner, Paul Damone, brother to Johnny, has just found out about this and is distraught, but he has much bigger problems when an assassin raid rolls up on the accounting office and mows down everyone in sight. They destroy floppy disks that say Gildex on them in big letters, and Paul is the only one to escape. The police explain that his testimony to this laundering for Gildex is going to be instrumental in their case against Gildex bigwig Louis Sarazen. But don't worry, because they have a lead testimony from Sarazen's ex-partner, Jerry Greco, as well. It's never a good idea to surprise show up at a relative's house without warning, but it's an especially bad idea when they have a police perimeter. (laughs) But Johnny's not deterred, and they're happy to see him, considering everything. I don't think there were any context clues in the movies to confirm this, but the internet says Paul's wife, Isabel, is pregnant, so let's go with that, because it's more tragic if true. Despite Johnny's prowess as a bounty hunter, he cannot save the day when the assassins once again come calling. Before Johnny can say, Isabel, no! His family is dead. Johnny is debriefed at the police station. Eric Gauss is the leader of the assassins and has been on the police's radar for a while on account of all the murders. 
Johnny wants revenge, but the cops tell him to stay out of it. So Johnny is going to have to go, quote, karate cowboy and solve this on his own. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Sarazen's jail cell, he gets a visit from his lawyer, a.k.a. the sexy leather female assassin from Eric's gang. His trial is in 48 hours, and he needs those testifying against him dead. She assures him that won't be an issue, but they will be demanding their payment in uncut gems. Johnny sits at home and ponders how to track down Gauss. He remembers a very distinctive tattoo he saw on one of the assailants. Thus begins a very reasonable detective work to be done in less than 48 hours, calling every tattoo parlor in Los Angeles. <laughs> okay, that's the bell. I think this is a solid B paper. Now time to double space all the sentences. <laughs> so yes, open on the longest credits you've ever seen in your life. Neil, this is the perfect time for to talk about the credits. Yo, like those credits were so long. Yo. <laughs> How long were they? <laughs> I fell asleep, woke up, still credits. <laughs> you know, a movie this big, you know, it needs it needs a crew to match. You know, it needs a team. It takes a village to make something like this. It's okay if you if you mute the credits and then just play the theme to Top Gun over it, <laughs> makes it like fifty percent more exciting. <laughs> yeah, but that's true about literally anything. <laughs> You could do it with this podcast. Ha- having <laughs> long opening or closing credits is the B-movie equivalent of going into a paper, control, find all of the periods and make it 14 point font. Yeah. How are we going to make this an hour and a half? Yeah. <laughs> I was so sad we weren't in Boston for this whole movie. I right? could, I could have used a Boston movie. I, I wanted to dunk it on every corner. Yeah. I wanted that, that bar to be Cheers. Well, to be fair, Lorenzo Lamas' character did seem pretty racist. <laughs> right. <laughs> I also, it would have been fun to stay there because it wasn't really Boston, right? It was this alternate depiction of Boston where there were these black parts of town where white people weren't welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, charming hat, by so the way. Charming hat. Oh, charming oh hat, man. Why didn't come back i really thought that was going to be a bigger right. part of this movie I that really... he like does like improv 101 he like does disguises one other and it's not he doesn't do a disguise he just does like i'm a different person one other time in act two but i wanted more characters he should have been gene parmesan the yeah. whole time <laughs> yeah you're just always popping out of disguises and stuff yeah <laughs> but he's still it's still lorenzo Lamas, so it's just it's lorenzo Lamas. bounty tracker meets fletch Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Need a little more fletch. Need a, a splash of fletch in here. Hello, darling. Where's the party? Who the hell are you? The name is Van Mott. Fly Club, Harvard. B school, actually. I was told there was some sort of celebration going on here. Ain't no preppy party going on here, white boy. You got the wrong hood altogether. Really? It's such a funny decision to be like, he's the best bounty tracker in Boston. He's from Boston. His idea of people who go to Harvard. (laughs) It's almost like somebody was like, Lorenzo, do a mid-Atlantic accent. And he was like, transatlantic accent? (laughs) England's in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. (laughs) Yo, by the way, I've been hit with a fire extinguisher. Those guys didn't make it look as bad as it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, irreversible, this is not. Yeah. Neil, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, before your, your life as a as a traveling showman, you were a bouncer, right? For a, uh, a time? Well, no. I mean, I worked, f- like, 
at a club, but I wasn't like actually a bouncer. Oh, I see. They prefer to call it a cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't it. No, no, no. <laughs> One thing, James. Wait, but no, no, no. Why were you hit with a fire extinguisher? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because I was fighting a guy, and then I was next to a fire extinguisher. (laughs) A very enterprising guy. So the guy grabbed it. Opportunistic. Wow. Yeah. Damn. I have a, I have like a dent in the back of my head. Oh my god. Oh my god. That does seem like what would happen if that was in action movies. This also happens where somebody gets a bottle smashed over their head. And they're fine. Perfectly fine. (laughs) This is like way off the deep end, but did you guys ever see The Night Comes for Us? No. No. It's like uh, Eco Uyas and the uh, dude from. um, uh, he's in the new Mortal Kombat movie. I forget his Is name. it a good movie? Uh, we don't watch those. Oh, it's, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's an awesome, yeah, like, no, fight really, movie. I don't really do those. No. But the, the main two guys are in a sick fight at the end, and they're, like, stabbing each other with box cutters a lot. Sick. And it's like, yo. <laughs> box cutters? Maybe... Maybe two stabs with a box cutter, and you're yeah. <laughs> These guys are just cutting each yeah. other. Like oh. It's insane. I feel like oh. even if I really hated a person, like the murderer of a family member, the minute the box cutter comes out, I feel like I'm going. Hey, I, I feel like we can talk this. Let's <laughs> not do anything rash. I feel like I'm passing out the second someone pulls out a box. Yeah. <laughs> I think even looking at a box cutter, I'm fainting. <laughs> I do declare. Son of a bitch. Harold Kingston. Alias King Loke. <laughs> like to live dangerously, don't you, Demon? No risk, no reward, you know. So, uh, what's the bounty on this badass? Enough to pay off my car. And send me to Los Angeles for a month. 50K, you son of a bitch. Hey, man, who the fuck are you? This, my friend, is the infamous Johnny DeMont, Boston's finest bounty tracker. Also, it's amazing this movie... It, exists it can be some yes uh, but it can be summed up with the line x rolls up on y because like the amount of times in my notes i'm like they roll up on this place they yeah. roll up on this oh uh, the beginning yeah. one the the office massacre t- is started so funny to me because you know there's like an assistant who's being harried by a a boss and I genuinely was like oh our our other main character is going to be Lorenzo Lamas yeah. and the yep. secretary and then they cut to a minivan and the villains just start cocking every gun like at a certain <laughs> like, a, like a submachine gun a machine gun a pistol a shotgun at one point like a crossbow bolt a fucking accordion undoes <laughs> a jack in the box gets cranked like it's like it's just nuts. don't forget Casey these are not only our villains, these are the ghosts. Untraceable, <laughs> can't find unfindable them. Yeah. ghosts. Can't find yeah. them in their minivan. They move in who and out. Roll, Yeah, who roll around in a white UPS truck that has no doors on it, <laughs> big windows, so that you can see exactly who's in it and how many guns they are cocking. You have to just imagine that they 
pull away from each crime scene with like the machine guns out the window, just like mowing down anyone else. Like, oh, shit. The streets, witness, the whole street. Witness, you saw, witness. You saw what I did, did, and then you saw the thing that you saw, so I got to kill you. It's death all the way down, dear. You can't find him. It's impossible to find somebody like that. It's impossible to find somebody who's seven feet tall, blonde, looks, looks like he's eaten five children for breakfast today. It's just impossible. They have pictures of all of them taken from surveillance. Impossible to find them. (laughs) He ripped them up and put them in the trash can. You're never going to find them. Goes by his real name. (laughs) (laughs) A ghost. Yeah, I I thought they just called him that because his name kind of sounded like ghost. Like Gauss? Gauss. (laughs) Sounded like Matthias Hughes saying ghost. Yeah. (laughs) Can I help you? I think so. We're here to see Mr. Silk. He's expecting us. Uh, well, it'll be just a minute. Can I offer you some coffee? No, thanks. It's bad for the nerves. It's awesome that they roll up into the accounting firm, blow away everybody, steal the files and the floppy disk. Uh, and wipe which, the computers. And wipe, yeah, and, and yeah, and just like. With a yeah, little magnets, thingy, sure. Just a little magnet. Yeah, yeah just throw some magnets at it. Yeah. <laughs> How the fuck does that work? A charcoal briquette with a light on it. Didn't matter. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> they, take, they, they take two floppy disks out, which have collectively two files on them. (laughs) The files are in the computer? (laughs) They're murdering an entire building of people for 15 megabytes of RAM, of like, of of, of files. Many, many Bothans died for these files. (laughs) Yeah, you put both those floppy disks into a a machine and and you can get one text document that says, I did crimes. (laughs) We got him. Continued on next floppy disk yeah. <laughs> this movie takes some some real leaps when, uh, when? yes in, yes in, greg in <laughs> some of which are the most absolutely obvious clues that apparently not a single other person has ever dared to consider Hey, maybe the guy who we know for sure uh, has hired this uh, guy (laughs) to kill every single person in L.A. Maybe they're going to meet up today. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. Maybe this one jailed millionaire's accounting firm all dying at once is is a hint at who's really behind it. Maybe the the single person that visits this jailed millionaire who has no background and... Where's her law degree? (laughs) Please leave us alone, attorney-client privilege. Well, it is my beautiful attorney. So good to see you. I uh, understand the uh, body count was quite high. People get in the way. But the account was taken care of. Naturally. What about that bastard Greco? The trial is in 48 hours. Everything's under control. And by the way, about our fee, I know. A million. We want it in cut diamonds. Triple A quality, two carats or more. And make sure the price is wholesale. Well, money can be traced, diamonds can't. Clever. 
You plan everything. I like that. I love that he wanted to be paid in diamonds because they were untraceable. Can't they be traced? I, I feel like they can be traced. <laughs> the, the movie the movie said no, Josh. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, this guy came in here last week and deposited a million, million dollars di- in uncut diamonds. In uncut No jobs. way to trace them. Uncut no jobs. way to find them. They're uncut charms. Uncut charms. Pay me uncut. an uncut job. Maybe I misinterpreted the scene, but there was a logic leap that literally looked like Gauss and his men were watching the previous scene in the movie because, like, there's the scene where a police officer pulled... I, I thought it was going to be revealed that they had, like, someone on the inside feeding them this information, and I don't think it was, but there yeah, was, there like... there was no crookedity no, in a no, way that I was so surprised by. It's like, yeah, like, a police officer rolls up and is like, yeah, Greco's at his safe house, and, like, they're playing cards. Like, he was that's the setup. And then suddenly we cut to Gauss and his agents being like, yeah, we got the location for Greco's safe house. They're playing cards. Like, did, you just, <laughs> did you just watch the scene before that? And that's how you're able to solve this mystery? It's always easier for the characters when they watch their own movie. They have a little, they put a tracking device yeah, on yeah, the yeah. cop's car. Is that uh, what the thing was? The briefcase? Yeah. Okay. No, no, they have a little beepy. That a little beepy. Ooh, in this movie, thing. it's very okay. important to pay attention to the rectangles with little lights on them. Those yeah. are <laughs> highly important okay, to the plot. I, I did so it that's apparently. not a bounty tracker. Oh shit is that the titular bounty tracker no they say it later they say he's a bounty tracker because i remember going they said it (laughs) (laughs) that's always my favorite part of any is that what the fuck is that does dog have the trademark can we not call something a bounty hunter (laughs) it's very weird it's almost like blade runner or something right it's like it's like it feels like a science fictiony word for bounty hunter, right? But no other yeah. aspect of this movie it's is futury, science fiction. Maybe or- it was a studio note that Hunter sounded too violent and dangerous, and they're like, "Can we soften him a little bit?" He's a bounty a tracker. <laughs> this, this movie, movie did not have a note. <laughs> this movie was made in probably like three weeks in between other movies called like. Uh, like outlaw force or whatever. I didn't realize how serious it was until the books and records were subpoenaed by the government. Yeah. And this guy Saracen is behind Gildex Financial, huh? Yeah, Louis Saracen, he's a heavyweight white collar criminal. Oh, I don't believe this. Johnny, is that really you? Isabel, you look great. Uh... <laughs> so, like Jamie said, visiting family is tough. <laughs> <laughs> Visiting family and then having them all mowed down in front of you must be tougher. (laughs) I was very happy to see that this movie would kill a pregnant lady. (laughs) When did we find out she was pregnant? pregnant, Though they dropped that. uh, He said, "Yeah, Paul. Paul's like, oh yeah, because Johnny's like, are you sure you want to testify?" Uh, now that Isabella's pregnant and he's like oh. what else am I gonna do and then she comes in and he's like oh you look great and she's like I look like crap or, oh, you know, that's okay. why she says I look okay, like crap okay. Oh, okay. And, and wow she's so right. funny she's like I haven't seen you in two million years she really was a caution that's an unreasonable <laughs> amount of time I was very happy she died Wow, really <laughs> happy that she died is it possible that the baby is Crystalia's baby Ooh. oh Cause they like they're close. They ooh, ooh. interesting. Ooh. That would that that's even more reasons for revenge, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I would love right. that subtext yeah. if it were in the movie. <laughs> well, I I read the book afterward after you made oh, me watch the I movie. See, see. Oh wow! I read the book. Like a lot of work. 
Uh, very short. It's very short. And <laughs> it's more of a novelette. No, I read it. I read it during the opening credits. I tried to. <laughs> wow, that's actually Good. wild. Smart to use that yeah. time. Smart way to use that time. Before we get too far into the movie, I love the history. Like, I feel like it kind of starts with Dirty Harry, where we basically go like, we want to give cops more rain to shoot people yeah. in movies. So we make the cops uh, loose cannons uh, close to the edge, right? And we were like, yeah, these are cops that are like still in the system, but they're fighting against the system. And we do Dirty Harry's and then we kind of get, then we get a death wish and then we have, we have like vigilante and cop movies and we kind of do that for a while and then the cop movies turn into buddy cop movies through lethal weapon and all this stuff <laughs> and then like by the 90s we're like we've 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 done a lot of these like cop cop adjacent cop on the lamb copy copy cop copy copy cop things <laughs> and now they're like who else can shoot people legally <laughs> somebody was just like i don't know like maybe like bounty hunters and they're like trying with bounty hunters meanwhile tarantino's about to revolutionize Hitman. <laughs> it's about to make. It's Ooh, about to make Hitman the like the like spokesperson of, yeah. of uh, '90s action movie. But they, these guys yeah. are like, no, 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 no. We're sure we're putting all our eggs in <laughs> Bounty Hunter. That's the one. I, I I mean, it's definitely what's what's interesting about this movie. I think we've watched a lot of depictions of police yeah. in this school and past present that, and that future. could be a thesis statement all into its own you know we've seen the fascist goose steppers super militarized police we've seen the like backstabbers the cowards we've seen the good cops we've seen the bad cops but i feel like this is the most anti-cop movie we've watched because these cops yes. are so bad <laughs> so, yes. are yeah, yeah. so constantly <laughs> being shot no our, no, our ac- actual just squid machines. At yeah. any point, does a cop shoot anything? No, no, no they just no. They, their job right? is to gather characters into rooms to be shot. That is what the cops yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, the cops themselves, I don't think shoot anything. No, no, no. They, they don't get a shot off at all in the entire movie. Yeah. Which for the LAPD is very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bad guys were white. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Because also, Lorenzo Lamas, Jonathan Damone, ain't a good bounty tracker either. No. No. He's he's really bad at bounty tracking, whatever that is. (laughs) He, He fucking, he can't, he's so far behind the plot. Mateus Hughes and the, it's a very pro- uh, sort of murderer movie. Mercenary. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else happen in the first act? No, like it, Wait, like it killed. Isabella, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah come on, okay, Isabella, yeah. no. We do need to talk about Isabella, no. Oh my God. One of my favorite line reads that we've had. <laughs> Johnny! Isabel, no! The first hour of this movie is really just killing all the people besides Jonathan Damone, besides Lorenzo Lamas, so that Lorenzo Lamas can finally figure out what's going on. <laughs> we need, we need all, everyone else in the movie taken out. Casey, you're right. They basically kill an entire movie cast and then yeah. recast the movie. How about the, the cop is like, he's responsible for the deaths of at least a dozen men. Meanwhile, we just saw him murder well over a it, dozen yeah, men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... A dozen isn't an impressive yeah. number after we just watched him kill two dozen people. Yeah. 
Like he was just arbitrarily mowing down innocent folk. <laughs> like we're gonna be like, oh, a whole dozen? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, good yeah. point. Yeah, good man, point. They said at least. Wrong. Doing a lot of heavy lift for the guy, at least in that. Yeah, that I mean, somewhere between twelve and one hundred and seventy-five thousand. <laughs> yeah, I get. Yeah, you're right. If if they are cleaning up. The, the crime scenes this effectively at every time. Like, that body count it's, must be much higher. You, you've heard of a baker's dozen? This is a bounty tracker's dozen. <laughs> yeah. 176,000. Yeah. I mean, it truly seems to be their only plan ever. It's kill, it's kill truly everyone involved. Full score and 117 murders ago. <laughs> Damone's Los Angeles-wide search of tattoo parlors leads him to Spider's Tattoo with a Y. Inside, a shirtless man in a leather vest is putting the finishing touches on a woman's ass tattoo. I must assume this is Spider, because never has someone more screamed to me, my name is an arachnid, but spelled with a Y. <laughs> Spider takes a look at the sketch of the mercenary's tattoo and tells Damone he took one off of a guy a year ago. Damone slips him some money, and Spider slips him the address. Damone pays a visit to Alberto Manuel, who really doesn't want to talk without his 12-gauge shotgun in Damone's face. Alberto tells him Gauss's blend of Indonesian martial arts and karate is especially dangerous. <laughs> like a macchiato. <laughs> he says after Vietnam... <laughs> what? I, I don't know, a mix of... Oh, wait, macchiato was the wrong one. I was going with mochaccino. Whatever. He says that after Vietnam, Gauss took a group of soldiers to Indonesia to train them into martial arts mercenaries. Then Gauss broke his back when he wanted out. Their conversation is cut short by the arrival of Tony, one of Alberto's students. He shoos Damone away with his gun. Tony pockets Damone's card for later in the film. We get a glimpse of Damone walking into establishing shots of Paso Diak Academy. Meanwhile, the mercenaries tail the cops to the safe house of Greco, the big witness for the case against Sarazen. In their mobile home HQ, Gauss tells Jules, the leather-clad lady, they'll attack the safe house before dawn. Mean, meanwhile... Damone draws a lot of attention at the dojo. A goateed Fabio in a glorious silk robe spots him. He calls Gauss, who tells him to keep him busy until Jules gets there to nail him. And busy he is kept! Damone takes on the Academy's advanced class in a pretty well choreographed scene that I couldn't come up with a joke about. After Damone kicks a dude <laughs> onto a table full of candles, Fabio walks out with a katana in each hand. Damone grabs a fucking silver shield from the weapons rack and uses it to beat the shit out of Fabio and it rules. Having defeated him in a glorious triple cut, Damone grabs a photo off the wall and leaves. Jules follows him back to his hotel. She almost gets the drop on him, but he spots the shadow of her gun. He kicks the door in, buying himself enough time to heroically jump off of the balcony into a conveniently placed box truck. When a cop takes him in for unlawful balcony jumping. <laughs> Jules finds Alberto's address in the hotel room. Gauss tells her they'll take care of him too before the sun comes up because Gauss only does business before dawn, apparently. Mean, 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 meanwhile, Alberto tutors Tony in the middle of the night. Tony doesn't want to go to college, but Alberto is determined to get through to these kids and sends him out on an errand. Gauss sneaks inside to interrogate slash torture Alberto. He stabs him and leaves him for dead. Tony returns, and with his dying breath, Alberto says the name Gauss 
This sends Tony on the warpath. Mean, 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 meanwhile, Greco is playing an all-night poker game with his protective police detail. The mercs gear up for an ambush on the safe house. Jules tells Gauss they don't have to worry about the neighbors, which begs the question, did she murder the entire neighborhood? Great question, great question. Was curious about this. <laughs> anyway, Gauss shoots a guy off the roof with an itty-bitty crossbow, which kicks off a full-on bloodbath. Gauss's crew mercs everyone in the safe house, and thus the cop's head witness is no more. The next day, Tony and his friends greet Damone with fresh-baked croissants. Oh, wait. I mean shotguns. Tony and his friends <laughs> greet Damone with fresh-baked shotguns. There we go. Tony blames Damone for Alberto's death, rightfully so. He asks him what he knows about Gauss. Damone says he's the only one who can lead to where Gauss is. Uh, but Damone drives off, and Tony just follows him. Damone drives to the TOC bar from the picture he took off of the dojo wall. Remember that? I didn't. <laughs> Apparently, TOC stands for Tactical Operations Center. So Damone pulls another one of his classic Jean Parmesans to seamlessly blend in with the war veterans, which works for about 30 seconds, until he asks the bartender about Talton. The bartender goes to the back, where Talton is making a gun deal. Talton and some cronies beat the shit out of Damone. Luckily for Damone, Tony and his guys have his back. They bust in with shotguns and take Damone with them. Good thing Talton sold all of the bar's guns to that guy in the back. <laughs> I got so much glee out of when he went to the montage through all the tattoo parlors of L.A. Through, through both of the tattoo parlors. Through both of the, yeah, right, you, both you of them, You also right. have to wonder if he got to spiders. That That's, like, so far in the alphabet. Oh, if he was, right. like, just going through the phone book and, like... Yeah, okay. Have you seen something like this? It looks like this? No? All right. <laughs> it was under A for arachnid. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that spider, because, yeah, you know, whatever. It's a, it's a bad detective movie, so he shows a little doodle of a tattoo that he remembers from the knife fight he had gotten in the night before. In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. And in the middle of the night. I go fighting in my sleep. But he like he shows him this tattoo and the guy's like, Yeah, I remember taking a tattoo off uh, this dude in a wheelchair. Let me see. And he goes over to his Rolodex and he pulls out a thing. He's like, Yeah, I have it written right here. Dude in a wheelchair <laughs> who I took that tattoo off of. Great. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, he was like he was like, it was about a year ago. Let me see. He moves one piece <laughs> yeah, of paper yeah. and <laughs> takes the next piece of paper. Well, you know, he's had two clients. Yeah. It's it's it was him and Ask and then Girl. The Ask yeah. Girl. And yeah. then you just came in. So <laughs> and I just okay. saw Ask Girl. <laughs> what okay, what in the hell did he well, say? Well it was under her? W sorry. <laughs> for, wheel, okay. for wheelchair. For wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what what did he say to her? I have flash will dig your ass Absolute. now, baby. Why would you ever? Why would you? Why would you? Why would you ponder it? Why would you ponder it, Josh? Josh, we, this got, will get cut. You've got, you've got family members whose birthdays you should be like thinking about. Not what did a fucking spider say to ass girl as she was walking out of a scene that didn't matter uh, to get to a person who got him to a karate studio who didn't goofy matter. Goofy Hall of Fame. What is the goofy? Hall? Is it for Goofy? <laughs> it's been a little while since we've had our L.A. geography yes. team. Yes. The address that, yes. <laughs> that Damone yes. writes down. 
that is apparently the quote-unquote barrio mm-hmm. Alberto Manuel lives. It's a is- me barrio. <laughs> it's a big Mario. Is Topanga Canyon? Yes, yes. yes. We, like one of the wealthiest neighborhoods. <laughs> there, yeah. Technically, if you look up Topanga, California, it's just a preserve. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's rough, man. It's a jungle out there. Now, man. to be fair, I did not live here in 1993. But <laughs> there's like a water reserve, like reservoir. Really? It's so pretty. Well, that's because of the work of countless former, like, Black Rock mercs who got <laughs> paralyzed and then took in uh, street kids across Topanga Canyon. Also, the guy in the wheelchair isn't Jimmy Smith's. No, that's Judd Omen, and Judd Omen and Jimmy Smith sure do look alike, and are are people who uh, I have in both movies that they're in, I go like, oh, it's, nope. (laughs) What's your connection with Gauss? I don't know what your history is with the man, but he killed my brother. Look, if I was you... I'd leave God's alone. I know you don't want to hear this, but it's not going to bring your brother back. I wasted 10 years of my life. Even did a five-year stretch in Soledad for that miserable bastard. What happened to your legs? Stop my legs, God damn it. It's my back. He did it. Why? Because I want it out. Sounds like we're on the same team, man. Paso Diak, huh? Indonesian martial arts. Yeah. God's a specialty. Combined with karate, especially dangerous. I was really happy when I saw Judd, Judd Omen's name in the credits, just because I really like him, but it is true, he's very Jimmy Smithsian. Uh, but it, he, has <laughs> he has a, a Smithsian. He's, he's got a good little part. Uh, he gets to hold a shotgun and get it immediately taken away from him. And, yeah, and go like, drat. Yeah. Dang it. My yeah it's a gets, death rattle. Yeah, oh, yeah. Gets a good, gets a gets death a good rattle, like, right. where's Eric Gass? Yeah. He goes, in hell, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> Which is very good. That was good. I need to talk about the fact that at like the 45 minute mark in this movie, this movie takes an extended break to have a stand and deliver scene where (laughs) Alberto is trying to teach inner city kids math and is like, you can be so much more than you want to be. Like, he's about to get murdered. You are showing all of this. And I know immediately in the next scene, he is going to get murdered. What are you doing, movie? Jamie, I... I prefer to call it do the fight thing. (laughs) (laughs) And the math comes back. That's my favorite part. The fact that the math comes back as a plot point very soon after is actually gold. This movie has no qualms killing people. Not no qualms. It's its only story decision ever. Uh, (laughs) But like, normally movies will spare the pregnant woman or the guy in the wheelchair or the cat or the, you know, like these, this movie's like, kill them all. Kill them all. Meat grinder, baby, demands (laughs) a sacrifice. I was surprised that Los Newsies that we ended up hanging out with, like, fucking flawless victory, the thing. I was surprised that our whole team at the climax made it out, you know? I am too. Really, I, I probably should look it up, but, uh, I liked the like pa- 
Peso Dyke or Peso Dick or whatever oh, the uh, whoa, like, dude. Indonesian. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Indonesian martial art thing. Diak. Paso Diak. Oh, Paso Diak. Oh, I'll get into it. Oh. Greg, I know we play a little rough on here sometimes, but I don't think you should call the Mexican characters Peso Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have fun, man, but let's, you know. What is this? The advanced class? <laughs> to Greg's point, the scenes in the dojo I thought were legitimately good. Doho. Do- sorry, <laughs> doho. Silent J. In the doho were... We're fucking sweet. We're fucking sweet. Those were... I mean, other than the like guys just like doing floor routine always boring but the actual fight was great and i also liked it because and this is a thing i i actually really liked about this movie was that our main character who is a built tall like handsome guy doesn't always win immediately and gets like especially this fight he ends the fight with the four martial arts red shirts and is like (sighs) Fuck. Oh, that's a lot. Like, yeah. And then the next guy comes Ooh, in and he's like, we have to do this. Yeah. I don't know. Which There's I some, something about this scene. While it's fun because it's like one of the very few scenes that aren't just the Valentine's Day massacre, right? Like, <laughs> and the head of the do-ho comes out and, and with, with a couple swords. And he's like, really? Do we have to do this? That's how I felt, too. I was like, I know... They had a phone call with the bad guys, but I'm pretty sure we're not going to meet the bad guys in this scene. <laughs> so can we just can we just assume Lorenzo Lamas beats the and sword And there were guy? so many candles, which they do hang a lantern on. But like, <laughs> you got a question. <laughs> the table covered in candles. Why do you need this many candles in a doho? <laughs> Casey, let me let me um because I know how much you like when movies are purposeful. Think sure. about it like this. There's an A-line and then a shaggy dog story. <laughs> that and the, and at some point through no actual action or or fault of his own, the shaggy dog story meets up with the re- like like Matias Hughes is going in a straight line. Lorenzo Lamas is just doing a big S and at <laughs> yeah, some yeah. point just kind of comes yeah. back around and they meet. <laughs> <laughs> Math is back. Math is back, guys. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, like, screenwriting the way you guys know screenwriting, but I know, like, comedy, like, stand-up. So, for me, it was, like, Matthias Hughes is, like, premise and punchlines, and then Lorenzo Lamas is doing all the act-outs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is humping the stool, definitely. Is humping the stool, without a doubt. <laughs> I felt like this movie had some actual Hong Kong in it. In it, no, no, no. It, <laughs> this movie. You've heard Neil's Neil's tapping out. Neil's waving a towel. Oh, Greg with the chair. No. Neil, if you're watching movies from 2007 and you're thinking 1993 is going to be doing it, you're just you're just misinformed. Listen, I've been watching Hong Kong movies since the 80s. Please do not insult them <laughs> by comparing this in any way. No no, 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 no. What I'm saying is that action movies in the late 80s and early 90s 
for the most part, have no Hong Kong. Right, right, right. right. Like, are, are bereft of the manic coverage, the editing. When the kick starts in one shot, makes contact in the, you know, in, a, in yeah. an insert, like someone does a spinny thing. This movie, like, clearly they watched a couple. They were like, oh, okay, this is how you stage and choreograph and cover a fight scene, but they didn't have quite enough money to do that and so they like right they were in the 90s but they were watching like five deadly venoms like they were watching like (laughs) cripple master like they weren't watching like modern i mean modern at the time hong kong like they were watching bad hong kong films oh if you were telling me five deadly venoms is bad that is you are you we may be be talking across purposes no the 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 doho scene i will say the doho like like they had the right idea it just was goofy as hell yeah the whole yeah. movie is goofy as hell. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we see eye to eye on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to make a challenge, which is, Neil, say something nice about the movie. It's- oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Okay. I thought it was funny that Lorenzo Lamas dove head first into a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> no one was in the history of action films has ever jumped anything but feet first into a dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> and Lorenzo Lamas full on, uh, like, split. I didn't. I was like, all right. I know. Also, yeah, pour yeah. one out for the housekeeper in that hotel. Again, another Yo, victim on their card, like, carnage everyone, tour of LA. Everyone must die. Another strike against the police where a policewoman rolls up and goes, like, freeze. And presumably he's like, there is somebody like, in there with a gun. You should probably, like... Uh, watch uh, the exits. Yeah, th- there yeah. there is a murder victim up there. There will probably be more in a second. And they're like, nah, hell nah. No, no, no. We're bringing you in. That's so much more paperwork if there's two. Also, Gauss and murder lady mowing down cops left and right. Why is this cop the one cop where she's like, Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. better skedaddle. Rats. <laughs> I can't Rats. believe he got away. He's yeah. right there. <laughs> He's so close. And now especially unarmed and not moving. Right. I think in their business, when it comes to killing cops, like killing two cops just isn't worth it. Like you want to really gather them up. Just to just... <laughs> <laughs> it's quantity, not quality. Yeah, you want to kill a squad, a fuck, like a safe house full. A legion. Mission game will be on you if you only kill two cops, right? It's, like, <laughs> it's just, just, just not sustainable. Throw them back. Yeah, yeah. Another thing in this act that I absolutely loved that I don't know if y'all clocked, but it's my favorite thing Ooh. I think in the entire movie. When he nice. goes to the TOC bar and he starts getting beat up by the Blue Lives Matter crew. Yeah. <laughs> right. Some Punisher logos start harassing him. Yeah. yeah. You about ready to leave? What's your hurry? You ask a lot of questions, you know that? considerate of you to drop by. Actually, I was just about to leave. Oh, you ain't going nowhere. 
America's youth. Don't they make you proud? Every time he gets hit, there's a cymbal sound effect that they what? add in the soundtrack. No, I missed this. It's the fucking greatest thing in the movie. Dude, like, all the sound effects are awful. It, it, like, it was all like... Um, no, counterpoint, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> because, and, and the reason I say awesome... The, they are the meatiest punch and kick sound effects. Fuck it. It sounds like they are beating up a side of beat. Like they are t- tenderizing what will become a brisket later. Every punch is them tossing a tomahawk state to Neil Pert. It's just like me <laughs> Zildjian. And you know what? I will take that over a lack of sound effect. That is a yeah. very good point, Greg. Man, I hated this movie. <laughs> just. You know, we here. We try and look for any. No, I tried. <laughs> no, no, I tried. This is me trying. <laughs> A for effort. A for effort, Neil. Sometimes it's you know it's possible, Neil, that like our goalpost may have moved <laughs> after, after all years time. of doing this. Yeah, yeah. yeah our true. brains what, may we, be yeah, broken. We, we don't. What, what even is a bad movie? What yeah, is what's, a bad? What's movie? bad? Right? They're trying. <laughs> You know, what's the value of production value? This movie is value. Yeah, this is the yeah. value part of it. Value production. Like, value the way that dollar yes. stores say value. <laughs> Some movies have production value. This has value production. Right. Lorky yeah, yeah. Chorms. <laughs> yeah, instead of the off-label box, it's the unlabeled. It's the bag. Garbage bag yeah. of. It's not. It's yeah, not yeah. life cereal. It's uh, existence. <laughs> 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 yeah. Cinnamon mortality. <laughs> Honey bunches of consciousness. <laughs> Oops! No money. <laughs> After Big T and company save Johnny's ass, they take Talton for a ride in Big T's van and play a little Russian roulette to get some answers on Gauss's whereabouts. He only makes it about halfway through before squealing, really cutting the tension inherent in Russian roulette. <laughs> he tells them about Gauss's hideout before Johnny brings him in for a cool $25,000 bounty. Big T ain't never seen so many G's, and Johnny promises to donate it all to the Alberto Manuel U Center, which he just made up. I don't. I'm unclear of that. I know that they take Talton's directions and go to the house, but the Gauss family isn't there. Against all odds, Johnny finds four big pieces of a surveillance picture showing his brother. It's a wonder Johnny was able to piece these very large pieces back together on account of Gauss being so ghost-like and surreptitious and not at all thinking about, I don't know, burning the picture or even, never mind, Seen missing because we're back at T's house and he's now pissed. Because they couldn't find Gauss, it means they won't? It's a ghost, Greg. He's a ghost. He's in the wind. T's had it with Johnny, but Johnny makes them some breakfast burritos, which is <laughs> and presumptuous of him, a white Bostonian. <laughs> but it works they happen to turn on the news at the exact moment that they announced that yes. not only is Greco dead but Sarah Zid 
is out and getting into his car. <laughs> Thankfully, Channel 7, and only Channel 7, is there to capture this very high-profile <laughs> moment so Sarazen can give a snarky comment before leaving to do more crimes. Johnny has the genius insight that maybe, just maybe, Gauss and Sarazen might meet up tonight to settle up. <laughs> Tiny somehow slips into Sarazen's car and narrates a very long trip that we definitely need to see every direction of. They finally arrive at the 90s other kind of box factory, the junkyard. Sarazen and Gauss meet up and exchange diamonds for services rendered. Johnny, being very needy, gives away Tiny's location and he's captured. For some reason, he's not immediately dispatched. <laughs> Gauss, in a handshake, breaks Sarazin's hand. And <laughs> goons kill his goons before Sarazin is just killed. Uh, that's it. Johnny, Big T, and the other guy show up and are somewhat surprised that this is, in fact, a trap. <laughs> Despite Gauss and his people being unstoppable killing machines who always hit their shots against the police, they go full A-team and do a lot of ground squib work during a climax in a junkyard hitting all of the beats you'd imagine. First, Baldy Guy gets killed. Then, the lady. Gauss has Tiny trapped in a cliche in the form of a car about to be slowly crushed by a compressor. Don't worry. Although Tiny won't stop giving away the location of his friends, they're all somehow okay. <laughs> and Gauss and Johnny have a nag-kicking, pipe-smashing, knife-swiping final fight that is so chock-full of the meatiest punch SFX the 90s could provide <laughs> that you'll be asking for a Reuben by the end. After a bit, Johnny kicks Gauss's head into the back of a truck that has two long screws sticking yeah, out. Boy. And yeah. he, in fact, gets yes. screwed. End uh. of Gauss. Johnny visits his brother's grave to no consequence before stopping by the barrio to hang out with his new buds, which he does for one minute. To say, hey, I'm going to stay in L.A. for no real reason. And they say, cool. Someone comes by looking for help, and he goes, uh, sure, talk to them. He turns around, looks past camera, hard cut to black. <laughs> I really felt like that was the middle of a scene. <laughs> but Greg, you didn't mention the fact that the child that walks up to Damone is overdubbed by a 50-year-old man. <laughs> Except that he screamed, how do you do, fellow kids? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love that the bad guys literally did everything they needed and wanted to do before Lorenzo Lamas kind of gets into the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, why do they kill Sarazen? They okay. got the money. Why not, it's dude? too messy. Yeah, to, yeah. You got, yeah, you got to check a company's mission statement. And on there specifically, it was leave no witnesses. He was a witness <laughs> to the crime the that he hired. I guess yeah. the customers are also a witness. If you think about gotta it. Got to stick to your principles, you know? There was no reason for them to kill him. It was bananas. They got what they wanted. He got what he wanted. And he's like, it's just business. He's like, no, no. Business was what concluded two seconds ago when I paid you for the services you rendered. It's just dawning on me now that at the by the end of this movie, 
with about three exceptions, and two of them are people who were taken in for bounty money, and the other being the cop at the beginning who goes, this is our main character here. Mm. Main character, meet the audience. Everybody else that we meet dies. Every yeah. single oh other my, person in this character. movie oh my God. is dead. I guess Spider and Ass Girl are. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, we don't know. Girls, right. well, we don't know. They might be dead. It's the Rogue One of this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone dies in this movie. Everyone we meet dies in this movie. Also, people we don't meet die in this movie. For instance... <laughs> The fuck is Jerry Greco? Why do we we have this plot point? I know. Like Lorenzo Lamas is told like a whodunit, like a like a noir, right? He's told this name Jerry Greco at the beginning, and it feels like it should be like, oh right, he's going after the Gildex people. I'll go find Jerry Greco. I forgot the fuck about Jerry Greco until he was taking machine gun fire. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, bye, Jerry Greco. And to your point, Casey, we don't meet him. He no. just meets his end. He's just like, yeah. oh boy, I think I'm going to die tonight. And they're like, no, no, no. You're surrounded by cops. No way it could happen. We put one on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> we, we put one of our officers standing on the fucking paneled roof for you. He, he's asleep, but he's there. He's yeah. not looking in the direction of anything. But Yeah, also that cop over there standing by the railing, that cop right there standing in front of the exposed fuse box, that guy in the middle of a field full of overturned rakes to step on. <laughs> <laughs> right, we got all our best officers on this protection detail. Yo, Damon, you better start hanging with the homeboys, man. You know, that's not such a bad idea. But first, let's conduct a little interview. I ain't telling you nothing. I didn't think you would. First, so we're gonna play a little game. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Russian Roulette. Now, where can we find a certain Mr. Gauss? Go to hell! You're pretty lucky. Unfortunately, the odds do get considerably worse as we continue playing. What are the odds now, Tony? Uh, five to one. Five to one, see? What are you crazy? Wait, okay, so, wait, the Russian roulette. Okay, I will say I like that. math comes back, they start doing Russian roulette, and suddenly Johnny steps into this teacher-mentor route and is like, what's the probability of him getting shot in the head? So this this was funny because it was a great callback moment, and then when... His answer was five to one. I was yeah. like, I was like, that's a bit of a cop out. I was like, maybe on the next one he'll correct it. And then he was yeah. like, that was the probability. And he goes, uh, four to one. Like it's just like, okay, now you're just counting down. Like no, yeah, no. It's just <laughs> that's impressive. It feels like you're not internalizing the probability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was very. I was like, yes. And then I was like, oh, it's not real yeah. math. No, it's not real math, but. How else is he going to reach these kids? That feels like one of those moments where the screenwriter wrote this in two days and then yeah. and went and went, I just, I'll look it up. I don't, I don't actually know that probability. <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah. I really liked the inclusion of plucky sidekicks. Yeah. <laughs> just the like, inclu- that comes two thirds through the movie. Fucking Huey, Dewey, and Luis. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I like that they they rescue him. Like he is ostensibly our hero, the impossible badass right. who no one can stop. And then an entire bar full of people beat the living shit out of him, and he's rescued by two kids. Well, three kids. Three right. kids. And I that, could well, like he says, they're America's youth, and the future's bright. You know. <laughs> I did like that quip. Another. <laughs> I love uh, that. Yeah, we immediately cut to the house, and they're just freaking the fuck out. They're like, "We blew it." I was like, "I don't know what you blew." I don't know what's happened. I, I it think feels it was like just we missed the like, scene. Th- that was their last lead to fu- like they 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 found his his trailer. It was cleared out. There were no more clues about where they can possibly track down these people. He's they like us have forgotten about Jerry Greco. Exactly. And then they have this epiphany moment of like, oh yeah, they're probably gonna meet today to get paid. Where? I don't know. But. It's okay. We'll follow them and get directions. But if like you could follow them. Oh, they have such a crisis of, oh no, what do we do now? When everything, textually speaking, tells them that Gauss and company is going to come after them. They've already yeah. come yeah. after them twice at this point. Yeah. The yeah. probability that if you just stay... Five to one. i i understand that it's a little out of nowhere maybe even you know the the most sensitive amongst you would say wildly racist for lorenzo Lamas to connect with the kids by making a breakfast burrito for them to calm them down but i think it's still notable to point out but that is a Boston guy making burritos for L.A. kids. That's and yeah. they're like, this is good. Right. That's never happened before ever. And it is green verde salsa, not just, you know, like some store-bought Tostitos brands. So. We don't even have burritos in Boston. We call no. them sleeping no. bag sandwiches or something. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Lorenzo Lamas has been to a Chili's. <laughs> you believe that you got that from the performance? You felt that. Yeah. It read very much. It's in the book. It's in the book. <laughs> oh, okay. you know, yeah. A lot of missing information in the book. You got to read the book. Right. He sort yeah. of flashes back to that beautiful summer where he was a line cook at a Chili's yeah. and he fell in love. <laughs> I did sort of love that it was a bit from the Little Rascals that got us into the climax of our murder movie. <laughs> like it was, Getting into the trunk. Like, yeah. Oh, my was, Aggie fell into was, this trunk. Yeah, it was a funny little little kid with a walkie-talkie gag. Which is so funny. Yeah, these kids are equally armed with like shotguns and walkie-talkies, and those are the two levels of shenanigans they're going to get and up to. And slingshot and wrist yes. rocket. Yes. <laughs> he couldn't decide between catching the bad guy or getting his parents back together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's ironic because my parents did meet at this junkyard. <laughs> I got in the wrong oh, trunk. Oh no! Oh. He got he got into another unmarked black sedan, and then they <laughs> they switched they switched drivers. The, oh no! Sounds like a friend of Bounty Tracker. Give it to me, Donnie. Do you read me? I read you loud and clear, Damon. It's about time we said lower support. Where are you, Gauss? Tiny and I are waiting. Where are you, Damon? In the neighborhood. <laughs> By a recycling yard. Nine, three, four, five, Fulton. I'll be waiting. 
it's you know it's a, it's a climax yeah it's, it's a, a junkyard it's a climax thing. it happens it is surprising that he wasn't crushed to death in the junkyard considering how many people were killed in this movie like it's it is kind the of kids no our our boys right. our boys walk yeah. away with All a t- tiny tony and i assume teeny <laughs> but tiny tony and the third one I, I they they walk away with a flawless victory they get the dub which is absolutely nuts because tiny is like help get me out of here come on come on and gauss is like okay i aim right there i know exactly where to aim my gun to shoot the people who want to help him and yet doesn't and yep. tony and other guys whole plan is try to open the door which yeah. doesn't work the first time doesn't no. work the second time doesn't work the third what? time doesn't work how the does fourth it work, time how did they go for the, the door? Does it work the fifth? I don't know. It just does. No. Oh, no, it, no, no. Gets, Jules it gets shot. Shoots it. Jules shoots it. I don't yeah. think that that's how it works because there's because the idea is it's already crushed. It's bent out. Of, it wasn't locked. He could have unlocked it. The, <laughs> like there's no. They're not like oh, it's locked. Yeah. I think and the bullet just, unbent shot. it out of shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. Sure. I don't don't <laughs> So, how much am I worth? Hundred grand, dead or alive. Well, this is the bounty you will not collect. No, you're gonna die, bounty tracker! Off report card. <laughs> that was it. No, Sophia. So, so, no, that's the. Uh, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was <laughs> as anticlimactic as the ending of the movie. <laughs> the bounty tracker ripoff report card is brought to you by the Harvard Yard Martial Arts Academy. <laughs> Find us at our new location. Just take the T to Harvard Square and look for the Duncan. No, not that one. <laughs> We're across from that Duncan between the other two Duncans. <laughs> there are scant few references on the internet to Paso Diac, the form of martial arts called out by Lorenzo Lamas' character in today's film. The first result is the Wikipedia article for Indonesian martial arts, which doesn't actually reference the phrase. The second result is someone quoting the movie in a post on martialartsplanet.com. <laughs> Perhaps it's a bastardization of Penchak Silat, a compound of the two most commonly used words for martial arts in Indonesia. It, the name Penchak. of the martial arts sounds like the Jedi that commissioned the clones from Kamino. <laughs> <laughs> right? Paso Diak? Paso Diak. That oh was him, God. right? <laughs> Penchak was the term used in Central and East Java, while Silat was used in Sumatra and Borneo. 
In modern usage, Penchak and Silet are seen as being two aspects of the same practice. Penchak is the essence of training, the outward aspect of the art. Silet is the internal essence of combat and self-defense, the true fighting application of the techniques. Basically, Penchak Silet is a wide-ranging and fascinating type of martial arts that is pretty much absent in today's film. According to one user on MartialArtsPlanet.com, and I quote, <laughs> The actual fight scene at the Paso Diak school looked pretty much like any other fight scene. Richardson was the only one in the fight who knew any Silat, as far as I could tell. There was also Jeff Pruitt, I think. Lots of spinning and flying kicks, etc. Some Kali hand trapping stuff, etc. But a far cry from any serious display of Silat. Luckily, there is another film with a more authentic depictions of the Pechak Silat styles of martial arts. 2011's The Raid Redemption. After its premiere at TIFF elicited rave reviews, The Raid Redemption was picked up by Sony for wide release in the US, Canada, and the UK. That's Eco Uias. That's what I was talking about. The box cutter scene. Yes. Okay. It's those two guys, those two main guys. They're so good. The film's relentless action and unique martial arts style made it an instant cult classic. Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian said, This violent, intense, and brilliant bullet fest from Indonesia puts Western action movies to shame. Oben Gleiberman of Entertainment Weekly called it Fists of Fury mixed with torture porn. Michael Phillips of the Chicago Tribune wrote, I love that a film this gory secured the same Motion Picture Associations of America rating as The King's Speech. <laughs> Welsh-born director Gareth Evans developed the film after he moved to Indonesia to film a documentary about Penchak Silat at the suggestion of his wife, who is of Indonesian-Japanese descent. There he met Iko Uwais, a Silat practitioner who was working as a delivery man for a phone company. So, dear listener, if you're looking for an authentic representation of Indonesian martial arts, maybe skip today's film and check out The Raid instead. And that has been The Raid, I mean, sorry, The Bounty Tracker ripoff report card. <laughs> the Night Comes For Us is the one people should check out. Like, if you want to watch... The ni- I'm going to look this up. Yeah, if you want to watch Indonesian... Kung Fu, like, or whatever they call it. Dude, that movie, that's the pinnacle of those movies. All right, I will watch that. Neil, seeing your face right now has broken my heart more. Like, seeing what you look like when you like a movie. It's really, it's really, it's really breaking my heart. Guys, now. we did a crime. <laughs> that's Bounty Track. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Singing more about Bounty Track. They didn't do Paso Diac. They made up that fighting style. It wasn't real. Not at all. All they do is bounty track. <laughs> bounty tracker, rip-off report. Oh, God. I, I forgot halfway through doing it what song I was doing. <laughs> hey, man. I kind of in some trouble, and I heard you could get some help here. Yeah, man. You want to talk to that guy right there? His name's Tony. Tony? Okay. Thanks a lot, man. Okay, bounty trackers, magnet hackers, and... (laughs) Frankly, a bunch of crackers. (laughs) (laughs) What from bounty tracker may end up on the final test? Considering how this movie begins, it's fitting that this episode is coming out during tax season. 
Don't forget those 1099s, kids, <laughs> or else. <laughs> oh my god, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Some people call me the karate cowboy. Some call me the bounty tracker of love. Some people call me Maurice. And then I drop kick them into a table full of candles. Because that's not my name. Look, was bounty tracker perfect? Mm. Yes. <laughs> no, you know, it was a low energy dry llamas. And just like any other low energy dry llamas, I don't give a spit. I still like this. <laughs> Looking at Lorenzo Lamas's Wikipedia, I was stricken by the fact that around 2007, he had a bit of a shakeup in his career where he started to do regional theater. What? Like when he was the king of Siam in The King and I in the Ogunquit Playhouse in Ogunquit, Maine. Oh, no! What? He Sally Struthered it? Is he doing anything now? Can you plug it? Uh, it seems like what he's doing now is uh, starring in sci-fi channel movies and also being a helicopter pilot. Oh, my God. I mean, he's the real winner here, though. Uh, and Neil, uh, any, any final thoughts on Bounty Tracker? <laughs> yeah, they should remake it <laughs> with a different script. It should star Chris D'Elia, Travis Kelsey, and Jimmy Smits. And there should be... A uh, James Vanderbeek cameo where he plays himself. Yes, I love it. So, I'll start writing the check. You tell me when to stop. Yeah, it would be perfect. Remake it. New script, new cast, new title, new idea. Different movie. Uh, yeah, totally different, yeah. <laughs> There's that bell, so that's the end of our class on Bounty Tracker. Thank yous, as always, to the people who make this show great. That's Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra and Gabriella Tessitore of the band Scout Harris for our theme song. Thank you to Justin Ferraro of the band The Rizzos for our other music. Thank you, Ann Shearer, for our amazing logo. And thank you to our teacher, Mr. Philip Marlowe. Check out our social medias at Video High Podcast on Instagram and at VideoHigh.pod on Twitter. And a big thank you to our exchange student for today, stand-up comedian Neil Rubenstein. Big run. Yay. Greg, Neil, the kisses, if you could exchange kisses to... to since we so that you know this I'm, I'm tongue only. <laughs> uh, Neil, is there anything you wanna you wanna tell the class about? Any show and tell you'd like to bring? Yeah, I'm, I'm on tour right now. Catch me anywhere, especially in uh, Texas and Tennessee. <laughs> and uh, yeah, neilrubinstein.com for dates and info and all the links and all the things. Join the Patreon, and also I might be doing like a Kickstarter right now to try and do a special. But we'll see what happens with that. This is Casey with a message from the future. Yeah, he actually started a GoFundMe, which is live right now for Neil to film his Have Some Dignity comedy special. So please go support him at GoFundMe.com slash Have Some Dignity. That's all you got to do. You just got to type that in. So easy. So yes, please, he is a hilarious comedian. You would do yourself a favor by going to neilrubenstein.com and checking out his many tour dates. Uh, yeah, thanks so much, dude. This Yo, thanks a lot, guys. I, um, thank uh, you. Thank y'all. Thank you for Greg, coming. I hate your taste in movies. All right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
Have you guys watched Twins Mission? Twins no. Mission? no. Do we need to have you back on for yeah, that? Yeah, would you come back for Oh, Twins no, Mission? I'm not watching it again. <laughs> 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 One and done for me, kids. <laughs> Simple Equations Podcast Network.